0: Uh, we're glad to have you. Um, I don't know if you guys realize this, but last Sunday we had a miracle. I don't know, it was about what time it was turned into, about eighteen hundred. No a little earlier, it was an early game, so about fourteen hundred. I don't know if anyone was watching this, but heave Ho, the last play of the Broncos game, somehow they squeak out a victory. I think the Lord must have been on uh, the side of Denver here for a week, so it was exciting, but yeah. Uh, I was excited at least. But we're having a, it's been a good month here. We're excited to still be rolling here at the Ramada. And uh, we've been in the middle of this building campaign here called Rise Up and Build. And we are on part three here. So we'll take one more week or kind of two more weeks with Greg. So we're excited to just be right in the middle of things and be trucking through here. Why don't I pray and then we'll start talking about the building? God, we thank you for this morning. God, we just thank you, uh, God, that you are a good God. God, that you, uh, God, that you've chosen to bless your people. You've chosen to give us all things. God, you've chosen to give us your son. You've given us God, all riches. You say that they abound to us for those who believe in you, and uh, we're just thankful to be your children this morning. We pray you speak to us. God, even speak to us on how this building might be something you are leading our church into. Speak to us on how you might want each one of us to be involved with this work. God, we pray you'd be you'd be speaking and God help our hearts be responsive and ready to hear from you this morning. Amen. All right. Well, I've been excited just praying about this building campaign and this building over the last number of months here. I don't remember the exact dates, but I think we started checking out this building and praying somewhere around April. And so it's football season now, so that's turning into a while ago. So we are uh, we're excited to kind of get rolling thing rolling with things on this. Um, we're excited to see things coming along on it. Um, it's been it's been a good process for us just to seek God, to seek Him on what His will might be, um, to consider this building, and even to renew for ourselves thinking. Where is God taking us of the church? What's the vision he's giving this church? And does this building fit into it? I think as pastors, we've tried to take that mentality of first seeking what does God want us to be doing? And then seeing, does this building fit into that greater, uh, greater vision that he's given us? And I'm really excited thinking about this building as we've been praying about it. It just seems like God might really be able to use this building in what he's already commissioned us to do. In reaching the city with his gospel, he tells us to go into all the nations, go into highlands, go into Denver, go into all the world, and preach the good news, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And we, we prayed about it and believe this building is just another way of obeying God in that, having a, uh, just a resource to use in that mission. It's not going to define this church. It doesn't define this church any more than being in this hotel this morning or being anywhere else. The church is this group of people. But we believe that a building like that might help us in obeying our Lord and carrying out the mission He's giving us. Some things I was thinking about are ways that might help us. One is just, as a church, um, outside of maybe when... uh, We met in Rich's apartment there. We've never had a building which we had full-time access to. And at that point, I think it was just Rich from Morgan maybe with full-time access. But uh, for many of you that have been around a while, you know, a lot of times it's it's tough to schedule things in when we want to do a a special night here or there, have a prayer meeting in the middle of the week. A lot of meetings still, to this day, end up at the Thatcher's house (laughs) for lack of a better full-time meeting venue. And we're excited to have somewhere. Where the a church, we could just uh, have a place to bring people, have a place to bring outreach events, have a place to bring classes, I think. Rich was kind of talking about this last week, but uh, his current office, our current church office, is the unfinished side of their basement down there. And, you know, I, I can forget what it's like to work in those scenarios. I work um, a full-time job and then also... I'm a volunteer pastor, but I have an office I go to, so I don't often think of how much what it's like working at home all the time. But Monday I had the day off of work, so I had set aside time that I was going to work on a sermon. I was going to get some stuff together for house church. I was going to have a day working. Well, I was at home thinking I was going to work all day. As so of was at work, I think it took me until the late afternoon until I sat down, got out of the desk, and started working. And I thought, how does Rich do this day in and day out? I don't, I don't even know. I, I don't think I could... Do that for a long time. So I was just thinking of his situation, thinking I'm, I'm excited to get rich an office to go to in the morning. That'd be great. I
1: uh, Morgan is too. <laughs> I think he's excited too, not to be in a dirty,
0: you know, side of the basement and cluttering things, but in an office. And uh, I was also thinking some of the meetings we have. We don't really have a place to have meetings, like I said, outside of some of our houses and. You know, they've been very nice opening up their home, but sometimes we don't want to pressure Morgan to have meetings three days a week at their house. So sometimes we take a lot of our meetings on the road. We like to meet at Village Inn, but sometimes that's a little inappropriate. I was thinking about one of our building meetings we had. Greg was presenting some of the um, designs he was working on for the building. And so we sat down at Village Inn and he's he's got the design out across the whole table. And out comes our desserts. So we have pie, I'm eating some french fries and ketchup on top of the actual blueprints he's working on. And I'm thinking, this is quite the meeting setup But I'm having to watch out not to spill ketchup on what we're paying uh same New Engineering to work on for us. So <laughs> I'm thinking that'd be another good way to have a, a building. And I was even just thinking about full time advertising. You know, some of the I don't know, if this picture shows it, yeah, some of these pictures even show having a building right there. Um, downtown Highlands, um, 32nd, 33rd Street, having a big firehouse logo that people could look at, you can hand a card, and it's something they recognize outside of the hotel, that serves as a hotel for, you know, 166 hours of the week, and we use it as the church for two hours a week. It's easy to tell people where it is, but I don't think a lot of people are going to look at the Ramada Inn and think, I bet a church meets there Sunday morning, I'm going to show right up. So I've been thinking, that would be exciting, just to have somewhere, we never really had somewhere we could point to, just as just even an advertisement right out there to shine in our neighborhood, to have a way to to be meeting our neighbors. So I'm I'm personally just very excited trusting God with this project, and I think he's been speaking to us about how he might use it, how he might want us to to be involved and follow him. And so this morning, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the stewardship side of it. it. It's great to just, I've really been blessed listening to Rich the last couple weeks and catching his heart, and hopefully you're catching all of our heart on Just how excited we are and how we think it might be obeying God to walk into this. Sometimes you look at the bottom lines of it. The bottom line of following God into a big building is that there's also a significant need of following God into this. Um, There's a a place we might need some help financially to walk into this. So um, This morning I'm going to talk a little bit just about how each of us as a believer might use our finances. How we might consider uh, teaming up on this project. And we're going to be looking uh, this word here, stewardship. It's kind of an older word, but it, it just means using, I didn't even look up a dictionary definition, but it's just using uh, how we use the resources God's given to us for his glory. He's given us everything we have, and he wants us to honor him with what he's given us. And so we're going to look at an example from, from Corinthians, um, just on how he might want us to, to obey, and an example we might be able to follow um, you may not know it, but we kicked around some uh, alternative ideas for a building campaign before we honed in on this. So, this is one of the things we thought of that got shot down.
1: <laughs> the pay bathroom got shot down in order of uh,
0: maybe just asking for help, but this was another, another idea that was kicked out there. <laughs> um.
1: You'd pay. Good. I'm I'm glad.
0: (laughs) Um, Do you want to open up your Bible to 2 Corinthians? We'll read a little of the scripture and then uh, just talk about a few examples that might apply to us. It's on page 1146. There was a church that was in great need financially and kind of hurting. um, And they'd asked another church maybe even to give to help that church. And that church kind of stepped to the plate to help another church. But it's just a good example of a few principles we can take out of times that we might give and how we might use our money. Let's read through it here. So 2 Corinthians 8. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trials, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then to us, in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier. I earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. So that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here is my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were not only the first, only to give, but also to have the. De- oh, sorry. Last year, you were the first, not only to give, but to also have the desire to do so. Now, finish the work so that your your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it, according to your means. For if the willingness is there. The gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality. As it is written, he who has gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little." Oh, man, Hopefully we can uh, just pull a couple examples out of here. Um, right at the start, I'm, I'm encouraged when I look at this church that um, I think there's some churches that uh, might have been very rich and they gave out of their excess and they might have blessed another church. But clearly it's not what it talked about here. Verse 2 says, Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. And So the the first point here is that we should give generously, even in tough financial times. This church was an example that um, they didn't look at their financial situation and think, God's blessed me so much, I have so much access that, yeah, I guess I could give. They were in tough times and Out of faith and out of their love welling up, they gave very generously. They were a great example in that. I know in in my own life about giving. I I just tend towards the other way. I tend towards well, if I if I see a thousand dollars sitting in my bank account, then yeah, I could I could give to something. But I'm not usually thinking of ways that I can go above and beyond. I can give out of when it's hard. But God's standard is above and beyond what looks like we might want to give. But um, just to Him in general. But um, to check our heart to be giving generously, and um, one example I was thinking of um, was the life of John Wesley. A lot of you might know him, but he was one of the founders of the Methodist movement. And he had been convicted as a young man, maybe college age, or shortly after. He started uh, kind of doing some teachings at a university, and was eventually a pastor and, and was writing and uh, was making money. And he was convicted somewhere along the way that. God had given him money to bless other people and not just himself. And so he had worked out his budget and figured out that he needed 28 pounds a year to live on, which it's a ways back, so it doesn't sound like much money, but he needed 28 pounds a year to live on. And at the time, he was earning 30 pounds. So he said, I'm going to live on 28 pounds and just give away the other two pounds to bless other people. And over time, his income grew. A year later, God had blessed him and his income doubled to 60 pounds. And he said, well, I can still live on 28 pounds and now I can give away 32 pounds instead of two. And God just kept blessing him until um, just with his writings and his ministry, he was one of the wealthiest men in England as far as what the money that was coming through his hands that God had entrusted him with. At one point, he was making 1,400 pounds a year and still could decided he could live on a number right about 28 and was just giving away so much money. He didn't let what he was making affect how much he needed to live on and how much he was giving. On the way, he started up ministries to bless people that needed food and Uh, At some point, he would just sit down, and instead of eating, he was a rich man, obviously. He could have eaten anything, steak, whatever he wanted. He would sit down and eat dinner with the people that he was trying to feed at his homeless shelter and eat potatoes with them to save money because he didn't think he should um, eat a lot more when by eating less, he could bless other people with his money. He once wrote, When I die, if I leave behind me 10 pounds... You and all mankind may bear witness against me that I have lived and died a thief and a robber. And he lived by that. When he died, it was in 1791, the only money that they could find in his will and anything on him was a few coins in his pockets and a few things they'd found in dresser drawers that might have fallen out. He was a man that lived um, lived on what he needed and gave a lot. I I wouldn't say, I I live like that, I have a savings account. He was maybe on one extreme, but I look at that and I say, wow, is is my heart um, a little more in this world than he was. He said, gain all that you can, save all that you can, and give all that you can. So get all the money you can, and when he said save all you can, he wasn't talking about a bank account. He was saying, spend as little as you can so that you can give away as much as you can to bless others and bless the Lord ultimately. I look at that example and think, obviously, like I said, it isn't extreme, but I look at it and think, wow, God might want me to assess sometimes what what I'm, uh, where my heart is on money. Um, the Bible, Jesus, I think, talked about money as much as anything else in the Bible. He was very serious about it, um, that it could get our hearts. And I'm blessed by this example in Corinthians that even in severe trial and even in severe times, They gave very generously, even beyond their ability, trusting that God would replenish their finances when they gave um, beyond what they were able. The next example I think is encouraging out of here is in verse 5. If you read with me, it says, And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. And I think that's talking about in a financial sense, that they were asking this church for money. And it said what they did is they gave it to the Lord first, and then after that to us. And so there's a sense that they had an obligation to give their money first to the Lord.
1: Wow. And
0: what I think that's talking about is is a tithe. And it's kind of a an Old Testament thing. It's back there, but I wrote a definition up here. But a tithe is just giving a tenth of our income to God through the local church. He commanded us in the Old Testament to do this. Uh, Here's a promise associated with it and even a command to do it. But Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. A little earlier in this chapter, he corrects the people for not bringing the tithe in, but here he even says, "Test me in this and encourage." He's saying, "Give your money to me and test me that I won't replenish it. Test me that if you give what I ask you to, I won't bless you all the more." Um, he says, "See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it." That's a pretty strong Promise from God that if we're faithful with our tithes, He'll be faithful to take care of our needs. And I think it's easy to think sometimes that this is something that might have gone away with the Old Testament or New Law. But um, as far as I know, one of the only things Jesus actually commended the Pharisees on was that they were faithful with their tithing. You know, at one point He was correcting them, but He said um, that they tithed in a way that people would notice. And He said keep tithing, that's a good thing, but also add to that a heart of doing it in secret. So Jesus actually commended the Pharisees that they were faithful with their tithing, but asked them to go further with their heart. So obviously he still thought it was a good thing. Um, there's other things we can also give our money to. A tithe, we said, is giving a tenth of our income specifically to the local church for God. He commands us to give that money um, So that right there can be a faith step that God wants us to be faithful in giving our money to Him. We need to remember that He gave us all of our income. I think right now especially we can be I'm just thankful that I have a job that my wife has a job that we're able to support ourselves that God's blessed us with money but ultimately He gives that all to us and that word stewardship just means we are responsible for how we use all of it. He's going to call an account of it. Um An offering is the next word we're going to look at. It's just any gift to God beyond the tithe, such as giving to missionaries, feeding the poor, or this building campaign. Just anything you think might be in line with God's will, that is honoring God with your money that you're giving it away to, would be an offering to God. It doesn't supplant the tithe. The tithe is still commanded, and if you want to do this, it's a great thing. Hopefully we're giving offerings to God above and beyond our tithe in some areas and at some times. Um, but God's very clear that any kind of offerings don't go away from that. I've, I think it's easy to think I'm giving 10% to God and 5% might be to the local church and 2% might be to Compassion International and 1% might be to Riverside Baptist. They're a good church and on and on. But there's a sense that God said, take it to your local place of worship to take your tithes to your local church. But then if you want to give more, that's a wonderful thing. So thinking about a building campaign, a little later we're going to talk about some of the financial needs that I encourage you. If you are faithfully tithing now, we're, we're just blessed and encouraged by this church that even over the years our tithing has just been growing every year and the money that's coming in. and A lot of you have just been really faithful each month of giving giving of your income to God through this church. Um, we encourage you, if you're considering giving to this building campaign, that it wouldn't take away from your tithes, that this would be a special offering to God through the church. Um, so we'd encourage you to be just keep being faithful with your tithes and then consider, is this something I see as God's will? Is this something I see that would bless God, that he could use me and above and beyond that? And if so... We'd love for you to be involved with that. But with anything, whether it's this or any other, feeding the poor or anything, just remember that if we're giving, that would be an above and beyond and not part of our normal tithe. So the one more thing I wanted to look at out of this chapter. In verse 11, it says, Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. And I was encouraged looking at that that it talked about that they had an eager willingness to give it showed me that God might be concerned more than just the amount we give but our heart in the middle of it so I wrote God wants us to have eager and willing hearts when we give and not just give begrudgingly I think sometimes I can think well if I get my check in that side box if I get just give my check to this campaign or to someone at my door asking for money I've done my part because I gave I got my money but sometimes um, just getting the money isn't, isn't everything um, God's asked for. I think, uh, I think a story that brought this home for me is that there's a way that, well, we can give the money, but it might not be exactly what we're intending or a good heart in it. I, I read about this story. that was on a law website. Just about a, At the end after this, it kind of goes on with some of the legal proceedings that followed. But it says his secretary quickly entered his office seeming alarmed by the goings-ons in the reception area. We have a problem, she told Ken Tarleton, a Mineral Wells, Texas solo. Two unknown women were in the process of hauling into his law office 20 sacks of unrolled pennies, totaling $1,000 in loose change. They were under instructions to drop the pennies out of the canvas bag and return the bag to the bank. Tarleton recalls, I asked them who gave them these instructions. They said Michael Powell. Tarleton just shook his head. He had filled a motion for enforcement of a court order against Powell, a real estate agent, for his alleged failure to abide by the terms of his 2001 divorce decree. Judge Ray had ordered that Powell pay Tarleton $1,000 in attorney fees by November 1, 2003. Although the penny drop seemed a purposely impractical method of payment, it was timely, occurred two days before the deadline, Paul would later contend that he was just complying with the court order in his own small way. Later it goes on that they charge him extra money and there's back and forth court cases because they had to pay the bank to change all these. And he had actually instructed them to dump all the pennies out into the floor of the office of the court where he owed money. And so, you know, what I took from that is there's a way that we can give money. He brought us $1,000 to the court, but it wasn't an acceptable sacrifice It wasn't an acceptable payment um, because his heart was wrong and his completion of it was wrong. In the same way our heart can be wrong when we give, I think I can be like that penny dropper to God sometimes. That I think as long as I get that money in, God should be happy because I'm giving my money. And God says, I don't need your money. God controls all the money. He doesn't need it. But he wants us to be like um, the Corinthians that... They had an eager willingness to complete the work. They had an eager willingness to give their money. Um, a little later, in Second Corinthians 9-8, it says, uh, oh, 9-7, it says, um, Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a giver that gives with a right heart, with a heart of willingness, with a heart of sacrifice, ultimately with a heart of worship to Him. And He wants us to have eager and willing hearts in any giving we're doing, whether it's a tithe, whether it's an offering to this campaign, whether it's giving to any other good ministries. God wants us to have the right heart, that it's an act of worship to Him. So. As we finish from Corinthians there, I just want to talk a little about this campaign and the money needs. Um, We opened up this campaign for giving to our leadership team in the firehouse about two and a half weeks ago and asked them to give at our leadership meeting on Tuesday just so that we'd have an example of the giving and we got people started before uh, we asked the church to join in with us. And so... I wanted to look a little at their example. Um, I wrote here that the firehouse leadership team is an example of giving to rejoice at and to emulate. Uh, This verse in in 1 Chronicles is, is talking about when they were building the temple the first time. It says that David gave, and then the leaders started giving to this project to rebuild the temple, and they collected the money, and this verse was afterwards that said the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. Um, and I wanted us to be able to do that today too, to be rejoiced at the willing response of the leaders. They weren't forced to. A lot of people gave willingly um, because they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. So we um, opened up giving, and I'll mention a little bit of our total need later, but we opened up the giving to the the church this week. And uh, just our leadership team, the total was, uh, we rounded the paper to $31,000, but it was 30959 I think was the official count we came up with. They gave very generously. There's a lot of people in this room that made big sacrifices. And I just wanted to start today by just rejoicing at what a lot of you already gave up, what a lot of you committed to the work already happening. And this week, after we collected it, I asked people to just send me any examples they had of of specific things that they were giving up to to just honor God and just giving up to be able to be involved with this work, because I thought it might encourage our faith. So I'm not going to share them by name, but I thought their faith might encourage us as we're considering going on what we might give. And I think even the leadership team, I'd say this is the so far, I think I've been working on, um, do I want to commit more, do I want to go with it, and, and just trusting God with that. But um, a few examples I saw out there that just encouraged my faith, um, when I asked, one person wrote back and said that for the first time they went on an all-cash budget just to make sure that they could allocate money to this project. So I, I think they weren't necessarily living on a budget, and um, they somewhat were, but they tightened things up when an all-cash budget that it was all allocated so they could set aside a generous amount to be included with this work. Another person wrote back and said that they were that they were going to bike to work instead of driving to save the gas money and save the parking so they'd have some extra money set aside to be involved with this. I thought one example was just of a, a great step of faith. I thought even um, just going along with teaching some money that I've seen. Um, one person wrote back to me and said, A few months ago, I signed up for the company's stock options. On Monday, I had a plan to cancel uh, the paycheck deductions and giving them to the building campaign. I will be investing in God's kingdom instead of this world's kingdom. say I think it's it's a prudent thing to have retirement plans and that thing, but this was one one person that said, you know, I want to invest in eternity. Um, I want to invest in what the work God's doing and, and be generous, and I believe the Lord will bless them, you know, that that they gave freely and they gave even something that was set to something else and to invest it in God's work and God's kingdom and to give it away I think there's going to be a blessing associated with that in heaven there may be a blessing associated with that on earth I'm not one to promise um, always that like a prosperity gospel that if you give to the church that God's going to make you a millionaire but God says that he will bless us in some way whether that's financially it's going to be a rich life there's certainly going to be blessings in heaven um, I, I think that person's going to get quite a blessing. I think um, just an example from us. One thing what God hit us with. We were praying along the way about what we might give, and I was reading um, and uh, just a quiet time a few months ago in First Chronicles, talking about when they were thinking about rebuilding the temple, and in chapter 17 it says it came about. When David dwelt in his house, that David said to Nathan the prophet, Behold, I am dwelling in a house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under curtains." And I was encouraged just thinking, Sarah and I just got married at the beginning of the summer here, and, and you know one thing we're saving up for is to do a down payment for a house sometime. Um, I wrote down that day, just when I had that verse, I wrote, Lord, is Sarah and I save for a house? It strikes me that we don't have a house for you. Let us remember that as we save... For Cedar, that you may have a greater financial need of our money. So I just wrote that reading the Bible, and we prayed about it as a couple, and um, just decided to give some of that money we'd allocated toward the down payment to to the Lord's work, because one thing he encouraged us with was to give some of that money that was set aside for that um, to, to the building campaign. And we were encouraged to have that money set aside for this, and what better a down payment than one on the church building, we thought. So we kind of faith put that in, but that's where the lord led us so i just um we may start handing out that paper um so there's some examples of what happened in our life with our leadership team and we're we're hoping that um that could be an example um, of, of giving as, as we think about it we announced it today not to, to cheer and pump pump up we, we want to rejoice and pray that what god has done and we're thankful I it's not to build our pride, it's so that it could be an example to the church as we think about it. Um, so what we're handing out is a letter at the top. I think we read through last week at church when we were at the
1: building. And at the bottom, um, it talks about some of the financial needs of this project. So it says
0: the estimated total amount for this project. I know you're still working on it, but I can wait a second, but... Um, I think as our schedule, as we think about it, we have an approximation on here as far as our total need. Part of the reason is uh, Greg's company is finishing up the designs. Uh, hopefully, in faith this week, they think they might be able to finish up those designs. And we might be able to meet with a general contractor, Josh, and start getting an estimate on these. So at this point, we've kind of made an estimate or Greg looking at it, what he knows from some of his projects. And so we kind of have a range on here. So hopefully we'll be able to hone in on a more exact number once Josh gets back to us. But we're excited that the blueprints phase is kind of coming together and um, that the next phase of actually getting a bid is pretty close here. So it says here, the, if you look at the bottom under the letter, it says the estimated total amount for this project is $150,000 to $200,000. And like I said, we're going to get an estimate hopefully in the next few weeks here. It'll be three or four weeks to get an exact number to you to know what we're, we're looking at. Um, there's some money that the, the owner very graciously is, has let us use or given us and that some of the rent we pay in the first year is going to go towards building materials. So this next number, we factored in that amount that he's offering and the savings we have at the church. We have a savings account um, just of some things God's blessed us with. So we're going to put that straight towards the project. So the total amount between the owner's help and the savings is about $80,000. So the number we presented to our leadership team is that we were looking for somewhere in the range of $70,000 to the 120, I think if my math is working. So the next line, the pledge by the firehouse leadership, we rounded it to 31,000 just for um, easier numbers. So they gave roughly 31,000 of pledges. So the projected financial need remaining is what we're still looking at. Um, like I said, it's kind of approximate, and it's somewhere between 39000 and 89000 Somewhere in that range. I know it's kind of a big range, but the point is that there's still a need. Um, in some ways, we're going we're gonna to open up the pledge cards next week. Uh, like Rich said, Jeff's going to announce what we're giving at church, and you know, after that, we're going to get... Uh, affirm uh, a really more accurate number from Josh and we're going to kind of look at look at what happened from the giving campaign and look at um, our, our blueprints and see if uh, see if there's a match there. I think um, some of those numbers are doing all that we have in mind. There may be some ways we scale back based on what's given, but we're hoping um, we're just praying that God would meet all of our needs through this project. I think uh, a verse... Um, we've been claiming is Philippians 4.19 as we've been praying this morning in our prayer meeting but we're just praying as a church it says uh, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus and so as a church, as leaders, we're just praying that God would meet all our needs and we're just trusting that he would meet them so we just ask you to prayerfully consider what you might be able to give to help out on this so there's just a spot at the bottom here. that says I commit to give a monthly gift of so much per month for a total of 12-month total. Or I commit to give a one-time gift. And then I got, when we did it to our leadership team, I got one blank. So I'd encourage you double-check that your name gets on there and your signature. It's a little hard to, to match things up. But I think down the road, probably starting in October, Jeff's going to give out little uh, giving slips that will kind of prompt us how much we committed to give and give us a timetable to hand it back in. So I think we would expect October to be the first month we'd be giving monthly amounts and it's not on there but if you're giving a one time gift, if you write that you may include that and just write building fund on your check or if you wrote a date it would probably help Jeff know um, exactly when the gifts are coming in to expect them or to give you a giving card back or that kind of thing. And then just print your name and sign it. And like Rich said, we're going to collect these next week. So if you just want to rip it off with a tear spot, spot, um, I don't know, we may do it in the tithe box or give it a little in the extra box next week. We'll figure that out. But if you want to bring it back, um, uh, we'd just love for you to join us in this. I think it's uh, just obeying God and, and what he, he might have for us. And we're excited to go into this project with you. We're excited to see what God has for this little church and just how I might want to grow it, how I might want to use it to reach the highlands here. So hopefully we can uh, just be considering how the Lord might want to use us even financially this week. So why don't we pray, and then we'll call it a day. God, we do thank you for today. God, we thank you. I even just praise you for the close to $31,000 you raised already through this leadership team. God, we thank you for their generosity like this church Uh, looking at some of those I know that there were some that gave according to what they were able and some of those I thought looked like beyond their ability in my eyes (laughs) God I thank you for their rich generosity God even be encouraging us as you look forward God that we can trust you help us catch your vision on this building God if this is something you're doing I pray that you would help each of our hearts connect with it and be obeying you with it and then God help us be generous in our giving God first that we be obedient to tithing God, as you've commanded us, God, help us give our first fruit, our first 10% to you as you've given us all of our income. And then, God, let us consider if there's a way that we can be involved with this project to give and to help. Um, We're just thankful to be your children today. We pray you'd be blessing this project, you'd be blessing this church, you'd meet our needs. God, help us honor you and help us glorify you um, with, with our money and with our lives, Lord. Amen. Alrighty. Well, thank you again for joining us. Please back next week as we kind of announce what goes on with this and uh, we're excited to just be walking by faith in this project with you we're doing uh small groups this wednesday so we'd love to have you join us for one of those
1: please check with uh, one of us if you need some info on that otherwise we will catch you next week thank you